Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Melanie Sanoe, and I am the um, ACB Next Gen Convention Coordinator. I am also a proud alumni of many, many space camps. Um, and I want to welcome you to our program partnering with the um, Association of Blind Teachers to bring you Space Camp for Interested Visually Impaired Students. I do want to make sure that I get the opening CEU code to anyone. So the opening CEU code is 80330. Again, that's 80330. And I want to introduce to you our panel for today. So we have Dan Oates, who's the SciViz, and SciViz is what we call Space Camp for Interested Visually Impaired Students. That's the acronym. He's our SciViz coordinator. We have Jim Allen, who's the former accessibility coordinator and webmaster for the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired. And we have the lovely Miss Trina Britcher, who's the SciViz material coordinator, and she's adjunct faculty at Marshall University. So with all that being said, I'm going to kick it over to Dan Oates to tell you a little bit more about himself. Hey, folks. Happy uh, Moon Day. It's July 20th, and uh, we had a Blue Origin flight today with one of our Space Camp Hall of Fame members, uh, Wally Funk, go up. So it's a very exciting day for all of us. So hope it's a very exciting day for you, and you embrace Moon Day as much as we do. So my name is Dan Oates. Uh, As Melanie said, I'm the coordinator for the program. I've been with it since it started in 1990. I'm a uh, retired employee of the West Virginia School for the Blind. I held uh, professional certifications in uh, teacher of the visually impaired, orientation and mobility, and low vision therapist. Currently retired just two blocks that way from the school and uh, occupy my time with uh, this time of year, a lot to do with space camp, chair caning, which keeps me busy. And I have a historical book business, which keeps me hopping too. So uh, very busy and but very happy now that I'm retired. <laughs> now that he's retired, that's the key. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Dan. Jim? Sure. Uh, I'm Jim Allen. I'm here at the, doesn't look like it, but I'm at the Texas School for the Blind. I am no longer the webmaster and I am down to 20 hours a week and happy about that. And uh, Uber Space Geek, I'm in my flight suit today and got up early to watch the uh, the launch. And I started as an itinerant teacher for 10 years and then was an assistive technology coordinator and then webmaster. And now I'm the accessibility coordinator and uh, looking forward to going to space camp this year. Thanks, Jim. And Miss Trina. Hi, I'm Trina Britcher and I was a teacher of the visually impaired and itinerant for 38 years and recently retired. I am a mother of three grown children and one of them leaves for Japan this week. And so I'm totally consumed with taking care of his dog. And (laughs) (laughs) other than that, I can say that uh, as we will talk later, Space Camp has been a wonderful experience in my life. And I have attended Space Camp for over 20 years and uh, just can't say enough good about it. Thanks, Trina. And thank you all for your time today. Um, Clearly, there's more going on, but thank you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Jim. 30 years for me. And Dan, how long for you? Uh, 30 and still going just a little bit now and then. (laughs) 
Yeah. I love it. And Space Camp touched my life, oh my gosh, 23 years ago? 23 years ago. These these lovely three have uh, built me up and shaped and molded me into um, good or bad what I am today. <laughs> well, you did some of that yourself. A little bit. <laughs> so um, I'm going to hand it over to Dan. I believe he has a PowerPoint presentation, and he's going to walk you through um, Space Camp. All right. Uh, we call it SciViz, Space Camp for Interested Visually Impaired Students. 2021 will be our 31st year. We did not have a program last year for the first time. Our motto is just because you can't see the stars doesn't mean you can't reach for them. There's our uh, 30th anniversary patch. It's uh, a red SCI, SCI, and a blue VIS. 30 years of seeing space differently. That was our uh, motto for last year, our 30th anniversary. And our patch says, adventure, challenge, and education. 1990 to 2019, 30 years. Our program history, we started in West Virginia at the School for the Blind here in uh, 1990. We did a space academy program for 20 students. That program was basically brought on by a gentleman who founded Space Camp along with uh, German rocket scientist Werner von Braun, uh, Mr. Ed Buckby, who grew up in the same town where the West Virginia School for the Blind is. So when it came time for seeing if some uh, children with visual disabilities and that sort of thing came around, he contacted his old friend at the School for the Blind, who was the superintendent. And after many years and many conversations, we finally attended in December of 1990. 2019, we grew from 20 students in 1990. 2019, we had 182 students from 24 states, Australia, the Bahamas, Belgium, Canada, Costa Rica, Germany, Greece, India, Ireland, New Zealand, the United Kingdom, and the United Arab Emirates in seven different programs at Space Camp. Uh, since that time, in 1990, we have had over 4,400 students and attending from 31 different countries. We find the kids wherever we can. I used to work at Space Camp for 20 summers, and during that summers, we would get anywhere from 10 to 35 countries attending each week, and uh, it was an opportune time for me to present on special programs at Space Camp, and as a result, we've had many, many countries uh, come as a result of me just standing up and telling people how cool the program was and getting teachers fired up. And the amazing thing is these teachers weren't teachers of the visually impaired. They were classroom teachers and were very excited to hear about the program and went home and found me a kid. And that was my motto, find me a kid. And a lot of them did that. And I ended up with kids from all over the world. We get our funding from the Tubert Foundation in Huntington, West Virginia. We got funded last year. We turned the grant because we didn't go and we got funded for the same amount this year, which was a little, uh, just a little short of $38,000. Delta Gamma uh, International Sorority gives us $10,000. St. Louis Lighthouse for the Blind gives us $50,000. Northrop Grumman Foundation gives us $30,000. And then that doesn't include the local uh, fundraising efforts by local schools for the blind, Lions Club, Civics Club, schools, foundations, 
And uh, part of that I'm hardly not even privy to. I just get to check in the mail and it comes from who knows. But a lot of people put a lot of time and effort to send their their kids uh, or citizens of their community or uh, students from their school. And then there's always the thing where mom and dad just write the check, which is the easiest. Not everybody can do that, though. SAVIS is scheduled this year uh, at the U.S. Space and Rocket Center in Huntsville, Alabama. On Starts on Sunday, September the 26th. And we graduate on September the 30th, which is a Thursday. And everybody leaves on October the 1st. So any child grade four through 12 who is independent enough to survive in a new environment and has an interest in math and science, uh, the cost is $965 for the week for all the programs except the advanced program, which is grades 10 through 12, and it's $1,135, includes scuba diving and a college credit of science in the University of Alabama in Huntsville. Just as a little side note, if you don't have an interest in math and science, it's still a really cool adventure because there's a lot to be said for a whole bunch of blind kids getting together and have a good time. And uh, we get a lot of social interaction with the kids. And that truly is the spirit and the energy of the program. Math and science are cool. I've always been a fan, but get these kids together as a whole. And it's a pretty neat thing. This is just a bunch of pictures for you people that can see them of graduating classes uh, we go to. We get large groups in from around the world. Everybody is on a team at, at, the, uh, at the camp, uh, anywhere from 10 to 16 kids per team in each program. Uh, we get a large group from the St. Louis Lighthouse for the Blind, which they fund. We get uh, groups from, we have a large group from West Virginia, Jim sends a large group from Texas, Utah School for the Blind comes, uh, the Delaware Rehabilitation Center sends kids along with more than I can imagine. I can't even begin to tell you how many groups come, but we have we have a lot of groups that attend and it's uh, it's a real, really fun week. So what's it all about? Everybody gets excited about it, but uh, it's an I can environment. And that's the one thing we stress with the staff at Space Camp is we don't want anybody saying I, they can't do something because kids hear that all the time. You can't do that because you're blind. And that's not something we want to hear. So we've worked really hard over the last 30 years making that I can environment something that occurs. And Space Camp's really good about uh, following up with that with us. Students are given responsibility, which doesn't often happen uh, in, in the local school. Or at home, a lot of times the blind child's not given most any responsibility at home. And at space camp, they are given a responsibility. They may be the, the flight director. They may be an EVA specialist. They may be the commander. And other kids are relying upon them. And for some kids, it's sort of a wake-up call in a lot of ways. Because at, at first, they're like, whoa, you know, I, I'm not, I don't, I don't know what to do with this. Because no one's ever relied on me before. But then it becomes, oh, everybody's rooting for me, too. And the combination of those two things usually gives a very good uh, gives a gives a, a very good response from the kids with a great result. Positive peer pressure. Like I said, when other kids rely on you, uh, they will let you know if you're over there uh, playing around with something. They're going to tell you to wake up, do your job. So they have a successful mission. We have lots of adaptations with Jim 
and Trina will go over later. Uh, but we've worked uh, 30 years on those adaptations. We've had to grow with technology. Uh, we used to have very few and uh, Space Camp had even less. But over the years, we've got a lot of support from different organizations and we have a lot of adaptations readily available for the kids. We get about last year we had, or 2019, we had 182 kids. We had over 70 teachers of the visually impaired, uh, mobility instructors, uh, house parents from residential schools, OTs, PTs, um, anybody that knows the child can come. We do not take parents uh, as a chaperone because we want this to be an independent experience for the child. And uh, we have the vision teachers come and or a child can come unaccompanied. They don't have to have a, a chaperone, but they need to be independent. We've had some kids that show up who aren't independent, and it really does not make for a good week because someone has to take care of them, and that's not what, what this is about. So if you're thinking about a child, make sure they can get up in the morning, they can go through their schedule by themselves, they can get dressed, they can take care of their daily living skills, go through a day, come back, turn that all around at night and get in bed. So uh, if, if, you, if they can't do that, then you need to consider coming as a chaperone or sending them to a camp, a sleepaway camp or something before they come. It's a very fast schedule. And if kids um, can't be independent like that, they're going to fall behind and drag the whole team down with them. We have uh, professionals. Uh, Jim will discuss that later. It's part of his Ball game. I won't take the thunder on that one because it's a really cool thing that Jim's worked out. So we'll let him talk about that. We do space camp, which is grades four through six. Uh, and those are the elementary school kids. And we get, we get a good group of them. We usually end up with two teams, which is about 30 kids. But this year, I'm sure we'll end up with probably about half. We're, we're figuring on, instead of 182 kids this year, we're figuring on between 75 and 80, just because of COVID and everybody getting back into the swing of things. We have Space Academy, which is grades seven through nine. And that is an, just another level for those grades of kids. Uh, we do allow some of the older kids in that. If you have kids that are academically uh, on level, and they don't want to get into the advanced academy with the higher math and science, we do allow some of those kids to drop down into uh, Space Academy, but we need to know in advance that we're going to do that. We also, this is Advanced Academy, where you have a whole bunch of cooler EVAs, where kids hang from the ceiling, basically. They're out on the Canada arm, and they're in the uh, Harnesses going up into the side of the space station. There's scuba diving the kids can participate in. All of that occurs for Advanced Academy. There's also the Leadership Reaction Course for Advanced Space Academy and the Mach 3 Aviation Challenge, which I'll explain in a minute. But that's the leadership wall. There's a 32-foot uh, telephone pole that you climb up, stand on top of, and jump off. And there's also a climbing wall that's 49 feet that has a zip line down to the ground, which is about 200 feet. So there's a lot of things and uh, for challenges for the kids to do. And some of these kids aren't up to it, but they have find a way to, to do their best. And uh, a lot of a lot of cheering on from their team and the staff. And some of the kids do things that they never thought they would do before. 
Aviation Challenge is a jet fighter pilot program that um, has got the same grade levels, grade four through six for Mach 1, grades four through um, seven for Mach 2, and grades 10 through 12 for Mach 3. And they go through a very uh, more of a physical environment. They learn to fly jet fighter simulators. They do land and water survival. They do the leadership reaction course. So they are very much involved. We have a lot of kids that attend that that may not be the academic kid, but more the action kind of kid, the Boy Scout kind of kid, the Girl Scout that likes the outdoors, likes to do things in that level. And and Aviation Challenge is a really good mix for them. Um, Our program is in the fall. Uh, There is a space camp for the deaf and hard of hearing that occurs in the summer and usually in late June. I know this year they are not having it. And that's our motto. And that is it for the quick PowerPoint. Thanks, Dan. I'm going to hand it over to Jim now. And guys, we'll take questions and, and do Q&A at the end. So so don't fret. Yeah. So Dan said all those things. So I uh, coordinate a lot of the tech. And um, I also facilitate doing the advanced academy. So I hang out with the older kids and get to do all the really, really cool stuff. So on the computer, so when you're on a team, you've got six kids in mission control. You've got six kids on the orbiter, give or take. And you've got six kids in station. And there's computers in there. And surprisingly, ha, they all talk. So there's a, an interface to all of them. So they have um, uh, audio in them and they can navigate around the screens with a special keypad, which we call the SciViz keypad that we have to teach the students how to use, which takes about five minutes. Uh, the computers also have three levels of magnification. And so you can uh, navigate with a mouse or if you wanna just navigate with a keypad, all of those things will work also. Because the computer talks and because you're in the middle of a mission and you have to talk to all the people you have responsibility for, we have binaural headsets. So we have humans in one ear and computers in the other ear. And so it takes a bit for the kids to keep track of of what's what. We also have the kids use uh, magnifiers and telescopes when available. We have a variety of those for them to choose from, although, frankly, most kids use their cell phone because it's right there and it's handy and it has its own light source. The other thing we do is uh, what Dan mentioned earlier is we have a conference call with NASA professionals for the high school students, and all of those NASA professionals are blind or visually impaired. And they talk about what it's like to be an engineer or um, rocket scientists or someone who's in accounting or someone who's in HR, but all of these people work for NASA and they all have some sort of visual impairment. And so you get all kinds of questions from the students about what's going on and how they made it and blah, blah, blah. And additionally, we have one person, uh, Dr. Craig Moore, who's been uh, talking to the students, he talks to the, uh, the camp kids and the academy kids individually. So it's just him versus we do the career development for the high school kids. And we get into some nitty gritties about school and engineering and that sort of thing. But for the little kids, you get some really interesting questions. Uh, one of the ones that touched me the most is like, how do you get friends? 
And it was like, oh, you poor little guy. Um, but um, that happens every year. And, um, you know, the nice thing is, is Craig and I have got to have the hot dog lunch for the last 25 years together. And it's been quite marvelous. But that's what it is for, for tech. There's a lot more about it. You know, the shuttles, everything is all brailled, including the satellites. And But Trina will talk about all those sorts of braily things. Thanks, Jim. So, Trina, talk about all the braily things. <laughs> okay. Well, um, first of all, I just have to give my little spiel about why I love Space Camp. Because... Although I do have a love of science, I probably never would have jumped on board because of my love of science. But I got to go because I had a student, the first public school student that started to attend space camp and I could just see a world of difference in her. And then the thing that happens when kids come to space camp is that it is such a boost to their confidence that I think a lot of the kids come nervous about what's going to happen or not having a lot of confidence, maybe because of what happens at home or what happens at school. And when they come to space camp and they come to Saivis, I feel like we work really hard to level the playing field so that our kids can participate in everything. And we don't change the program. It's not like the wall isn't as high or, the, or the, um, the complexity of the material changes. That doesn't happen. But because we have a lot of teacher chaperones and we have a lot of support from Space Camp, we're able to help kids find the niche where they might be most successful. And we're, help, we're able to help them as much as they need, but not help them too much. And I would say, and Dan would say early on, that was probably my biggest struggle, that I wanted to help too much. And he would tell me, back up, Trina, don't help too much, let them. (laughs) And so I've learned the art of that. And uh, so Space Camp is just such a boost to kids' confidence. And I just wish that uh, everyone that qualified would be able to come because even if it's just a one year and done thing for students, it does make a difference. It mm-hmm. just really does. So that's my little soapbox. And now I'll talk about what I do. After I was a teacher chaperone for probably 10 years, I started to go in 1997. I did that for years. And then Dan asked me if I would help with creating the Braille materials. And so everything that the students would normally have in print, space campers would have in print, we provide in Braille. We provide it in contracted and uncontracted Braille. Um, We don't provide it in any languages other than English. And uh, we make sure that the Braille that's both in contracted, uncontracted, and large print is the same line for line so that if somebody's on page 52 in the or 22 in large print they can help their peers and teachers can help them to be able to find their place if something's done that's probably 90 percent of the materials would you say jim like i would say advanced is the one where sometimes if we need to pump something out fast that we just do it because those kids are more advanced to begin with 
I think that we've tried with the help of Space Camp and that when I say we, I mean Jim has tried to move more towards using Braille note takers in the older grades. That has um, that has been a little bit of a struggle because sometimes kids skill levels aren't always the same, but sometimes we can do it and but we always have Braille to back up with or the large print. So um, I think that uh, my students who came with their Braille note taker probably learn more initial skills at space camp than anywhere else because they met other kids who were using their braille note takers and it became, became a very functional tool for them that they learned how to use it and and they'd ask their friends how to do different things so that's a, a that's just a sidebar of some of the great things that happen when you're at space camp um, we also provide video magnifiers if they fit in the locations they need to be. Um, we provide large print uh, or uh, like Dan, uh, Jim said, we provide magnifiers. Lighting is always an issue because we have areas that kids need more lighting and areas where kids need less lighting. So we, um, we have some tools to be able to do that in addition to their cell phones that they usually have. All the, one of the cool things about Space Camp is all the knobs and buttons and the keypad, well, not really keypads, but knobs and buttons and stuff on like the, the panels. And we've made braille labels for all of those so the kids can use them independently. So we really try to create an environment where our students can walk into it and participate fully with as little help as possible. And uh, as the person that kind of coordinates the materials, if you would be a teacher chaperone or somebody that would come, I really try to take the suggestions of teachers and students and other people that are, that are helping the kids so that we know what it is that, that they know um, and what they need and what that can help them along the way. And also just another thing that I would like to say, uh, one of the struggles that we've had is kids who don't bring their canes. So if you're somebody that's sending a kid to space camp, make sure they have the tools that they need. If they have a favorite magnifier and they use it every day in school, it'd probably be a good uh, thing to send it with them uh, as well as their cane. I think it was my student that didn't bring their cane actually, but um, so, Texas students. Yeah, yeah, that seems to be a thing if they can hide out without them. Um, and I think that's all that I can think of for materials. Melanie, you may have something else that you want to say since you're an old hat at this. <laughs> I, I do, but let me ask you this question because I've always wondered and I want to put the simulators in perspective. Mm. Do you have any idea how many buttons, knobs are brailed in the space shuttle? Gazillions. So we have, there's there's panels. So you have to think about you're sitting in this little metal chair. You know, if on, you're on the left side, then down low by where your hips are, there's a panel there. 90 degrees from that is a panel, uh, again, on your left side. You have a panel in front of you with monitors, and you have the center console between you and the pilot. And then up above, there's a set of panels. And then over here, there's panels on the top. 
behind you, there's another three or four or five, six sets of panels. All of those are brailled and they come on plexiglass and they Velcroed and we stick them up and pull them down as the kids need. And yeah, there's probably close to five, 600 of them. Did yeah, every student know and that's had- just one, that's just one orbiter. There's more than one orbiter. Then there's the space stations and then there's the outside EVAs. So there's a lot more than just being inside an right. orbiter with panels. There's panels a lot of places, and there's but there's braille, which is good. Right, and in and in mission control, we've got the computers with a, a dozen or so screens, and you know, depending on your position, anywhere from two to six braille books that you have to wade through, and uh, in addition to little things like anaphylactic shock and hurricanes and tornadoes gas leaks little things yeah panic attacks yeah love simulations <laughs> just love them exploding waste management. <laughs> the, the exploding waste management waste yeah. management facility yeah in the in the shuttle awesome. yeah the toilet backs up that's always great fun fires in the space station yeah. aliens knocking on your door yeah we do have a good time yeah, we do. <laughs> um, guys, does the space station or is it is it Mars now that you do um, um, scientific experiments? Yes, we have all kinds of experiments we do in uh, the the new uh, hopefully uh, the new uh, Mars base or Moon base. They've got hydroponics, and you have to measure the pH and do all that sort of thing and monitor the oxygen and Sometimes you have to repair stations that got a meteor hit and got evacuated, so you have to replace the window. But there's lots of experiments. They're uh, generally on iPads, and so they talk or do, you know, Zoom magnifying. And then we have talking scales and, you know, some of more scientific equipment that they might need that has been adapted. Every year they do a couple new experiments, which I'm glad you said that because I was just thinking I need to get this from them. <laughs> but uh, every year there's a couple new experiments and they have, um, the, the kids work as a team when they do the experiments. So sometimes there are like uh, sheets where they keep data that when they're working at it as a team, as in any class, there would be somebody that's the reporter or somebody that maybe be would be looking at some data and so everyone kind of has a position that they're doing within that part of the um the uh, mission i wanted to jump on one thing trina said because she got the whole kid aspect the the thing that that i love about space camp is that uh, they set the expectations really high and surprise surprise um the kids step up you know, they've been beaten upon with low expectations, you know, oh, you can walk down the hall. Yay, good for you. It's like, no, I can do a lot more. I can pilot a shuttle. I can land on an aircraft carrier. And you really see how that affects the kids. You know, they come in first day, you know, they're they're beaten down and just going along. I'm a bunch of little blind kids. And then two days in, they're standing up tall. They're going, you know, oh, yeah, you know. 
We landed the shuttle yesterday. We completed our mission. We did good things and nobody told us no. And there were no sighted kids to compete with. So it was just competing with yourselves. And it's really an awesome thing that the kids live it. And there's just nothing better than going there. I'm glad you mentioned that, Jim. Can you guys talk about some of the awards that are given at the end of camp and grad- at graduation? Yeah, graduation's a really neat uh, event for us. It usually occurs on Thursday evening, and all the kids come to graduation at the same time, which has now turned into a normal thing at space camp. They're doing that now. Um, and we give uh, each – they have best mission – that the, a team gets in each program. There's the Right Stuff Award, which is sort of like a the the best kid on the team that helps out with everything. And there's out most outstanding camper in the Aviation Challenge. There's the Top Gun crew. There's can be one in the lower programs, or they can be a team in the older programs. So it, it's really it, it's fascinating to see these kids who, like Jim says, sort of wander in on the first day. And then by graduation, they call their name out for right stuff or uh, top gun. And I mean, they're tall and straight. I mean, they are, they're so proud of themselves and everybody's proud of them. And the whole room's erupted into to applause. And it, it's just something that, you know, a lot of people may just walk by and, oh, that's a, that's another award in that great. But uh, you have to look at it from the child's perspective and, and how what a good what a good thing that is for him. Good confidence builder. And there are tears. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. We've seen some pretty, pretty big old space camp counselors that are six foot five and two fifty that stand up there and ball their eyes out at graduation. Yeah, as we go, there goes another one. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you said that because when you when you go into the alumni association, the space camp has an alumni association, and a lot of counselors are are a part of it. When you talk to them about SIVIS, it's touched their lives as much as yes, SIVIS mm-hmm. has touched students. Yeah, and we we know we have amazing kids, but a lot of people out there don't know. And it's so neat to go down and sort of show them off for the week because they're really cool. Can you guys also talk about some of the scholarship opportunities? Because I know that price tag, which keep in mind, guys, that price tag is room and board, three meals a day, the program. But I know that price tag can be daunting. Yeah, it, it is. We gave out a lot of scholarships in 2020. And of course, we didn't have a program. Those funds are, for the most part, still available. The St. Louis Lighthouse gives us $50,000 to bring kids from other countries. Uh, That is going to be difficult this year due to COVID restrictions. Uh, So we really have to look at who comes. And it's not my decision. I can give out the scholarships. And the scholarships we gave out in 2020 are still active. They can come on those. But will their embassy let them out of the country to come? And what happens if they get here and then they test positive, then they can't go home? And I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff surrounding that. Um, But it's also available to any kid in the United States who has a uh, unique ethnic background. And um, 
we've had kids. We had a kid one year who uh, came from um, his family had just moved in from Sweden and they were still, they, they had just moved in and they were living in Atlanta. And that was a, a scholarship uh, for that child. We had a kid come from Minnesota one year who was a um, refugee from the Middle East. So if, if you've got those kinds of kids, um, I need to know about them. We don't really have an application process so much this year because we're, we don't really have a lot of time. We usually release scholarships in April. And this year, we just found out in, when Trina and I went down in June that we we're going to have the camp. So we're sort of feeding off of the kids who applied last year, who can come, and those we hear about who, who can come. And the organizations which give us these grants uh, want us to spend the money. They don't want they don't want to have it returned. They want us to spend every penny we can, but we still have to fit within the criteria that they give the, the grant. Mm -hmm. The Northrop Grumman grant is another grant that's out there. We got $30,000 for that. Some of the kids, I've already heard from some of the kids who can't come. So we're going to be giving out money to other kids who have a need. Uh, they have sort of... Uh, released me from the geographical area of what used to be Dallas, the Space Coast, uh, anywhere there's a Northrop Grumman plant, uh, they wanted the kids to come from there, but they're not too concerned about that. So I can be more than happy to get an email from somebody and say, we need to know. And I just have to sort of gauge it between what kids can come and how much money I need for those and what kids aren't coming. So I can turn that around into new kids, but the St. Louis Lighthouse Grant and the Northrop Grumman Grant both pay for tuition and airfare, so that's a real big help. Delta Gamma only pays for a partial tuition, and I've got some kids who, like Virginia, just notified me today from the School for the Blind. They're not coming. They had four kids on scholarships, so now that money reverts back into the pot, and I'll have more money to give out to other kids. So get it while it's hot. If you're interested, um, that's about the best I can tell you. And don't hesitate to hit up your uh, local um, Lions clubs. Uh, we always call them the animal clubs, the Lions, the Elks, the Eagles, all of them, and, and see if they're interested in funding partially or not. And while you're there and the kid likes it, get the kid a flight suit. Have him wear that flight suit when he gets back home to that club and go present. And I'll guarantee you, you'll have money for as long as you need it for a kid to go to space camp. Because right. it really yeah. wows out. The kids are talking a completely new vocabulary. Everybody in the Lions Club sitting there going, what's that kid talking about? And there's the, <laughs> there's the blind kid up front with the vocabulary and the knowledge that the people in the audience don't have. And that's a good thing. The, the other That's thing what happened that, to me. Oh, sorry, Jim. Oh, well, I was going to say the other thing is, is uh, you know, the teachers that come to camp, um, we bring stuff and we hold an auction and we raise enough money to do four or five scholarships every year. So those go out too in various states. I know in Texas, we have an organization for part of Texas, which is probably the size of some other state where they uh, send five kids that, you know, doesn't necessarily show up on Dan's radar. So there may be other states that do that. Although I did have one kid one time come in and she had 
she had a, a jar of quarters from bake sales and six different checks and something else. And it's like, here, I think I have enough. Uh -huh. So that she had she had some hustle and gumption, Good which deal. we always look for. Yeah. Oh, I love it. See, and, and Dan Lyons Club story is what sent me to camp the second year. So the first year, it was it was back in the day, it was the Texas Commission for the Blind. Mm -hmm. And then the second year I went to Weatherford's, I, I grew up in Texas, I went to Weatherford's Lions Club. And it was exactly that. Here's, you need to go, you need to get a flight suit, you need to come back and talk to us. And so I was a part of their huge fundraiser they do every May. Look what we do. But you, you walk out on that stage at, I think I was 16, and you walk out in that flight suit. I mean, your shoulders are so far back, and you're right. You're speaking a different language, and you're showing, you know, I think a lot of people think the Lions Club just does just does glasses, you know, which is a phenomenal thing, but they do so much more depending on your local area. And that was my second year was that exact story. I know Texas, um, Delaware, North Carolina, rehab agencies will help fund a kid under a career exploration uh, line item, I think. Mm -hmm. I know most of them can only do it one year, but they'll, they'll, they'll fund the kid to come. I know this year, I think the Delaware agencies wants to send 15 kids. Cool. And uh, so I'm waiting to hear back from them, but uh <laughs> It's a, uh, there's a lot of ways to do it. Just I always say, if, if, if you say you don't have any money, I don't think you looked hard enough. And some people aren't comfortable with, with um, going out and asking. And I get that mm -hmm. too. Yeah, have there been any questions from the, from the attendees? I live in Ramsey from Wisconsin. How are you guys doing? We're doing We're good, great. Ramsey. How are you? Wonderful. Hey, uh, I apologize for coming in late. I had a meeting uh, with the state. I couldn't get out of But do you have a website where kids can learn more about your camp? And where is the camp located? Stand down if you want to take that. What's the website and where is camp? Um, the website is scivis.org, which is our specific website. And then spacecamp.com has a tremendous amount of information when you look at how you get there and uh, what you need to bring and what the programs are like. And it takes place in Huntsville, Alabama, uh, which is northern Alabama. And there's an airport there that uh, flies in all major airlines except Southwest that come into Huntsville. Okay, Brandon, who's next? Your love talk. Hi, my name is uh, Josette Kernahan, and I'm from Vancouver, BC, Canada. And I had the pleasure of um, visiting the Space Center in Huntsville when the ACB convention was in Birmingham. And I thoroughly enjoyed it and um, enjoyed looking at all the mock-ups of... Uh, you know, some of the ships that were in the muse museum part, and they took us into some of the space camp areas. Well, anyway, um, I was uh, mainly wondering about the camp camp for adults. 
<laughs> I was wondering when that was going to show up. Yeah, I, in, in fact, I I thought about that, and so I just got the text this morning from uh, Robin Soprano, who's the vice president of Space Camp Operations. There is a uh, sp- adult space camp the weekend we are finished, which would be September or October first, second, and third. The reason why we we call it like an adult sub is. Although an adult can come anytime they want to, that there's an adult weekend. They don't have to come that weekend, but we like to do the adult weekend after our program's over because all the adaptations are still in place. We still yeah, have, I have a flight. I have a friend from Washington State who attended space camp who told me all about it. And I, I don't know if I'll ever get there or not, but. I just wanted to comment also that I've uh, been interested in the space program. Oh, my goodness, I remember Sputnik. That's how far back I go and then uh, follow a lot of the other missions. Um, and, of course, watched the one early this morning, which was mm-hmm. very exciting. I hope you take the opportunity to go. You won't regret it. And that's my best friend um, that I met. However, 23 years ago, he and I went in 2019 to that mm-hmm. adult weekend. So we went and hung out with everybody during sizes. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, he and I did adult camp as adults, as opposed to being teenagers. And it was it was it was easy because everything, like Dan said, everything was still in place. It was very, very easy. We were the only two. And I think we had. Oh, I don't know. It was a normal size team. Maybe there were 12 of us maybe so but but it was a very easy transition over with what we needed as far as magnifiers and large print and and everything just in the normal setting so um, that makes me happy one one of the other things we do um so when you're sitting there and audit you've probably seen pictures of mission control and um you know and everyone's sitting there at the nice panel with all the monitors and stuff well one of the things space camp does because you have your your counter and then you have the console and the monitors are leaned back and it's you know it's a long way for a little kid to lean over to try and get close to the screen so they built special brackets and they take the whole thing apart and pull out all the monitors and move them uh, about four and a half inches five inches closer to the kids and that's part of the stuff that's all in place for the adults on the next weekend nikki you are allowed to talk Hi. So um, I'm really excited to hear about the, because I uh, unfortunately, well, fortunately I had the opportunity to go to space camp when I was a kid. Unfortunately, I was stupid enough to decline the offer for, I was afraid, I was afraid of, I thought I'd have to wear an oxygen mask. And at the time I was terrified of that. Now I am fascinated by by space and would really like to go my question is for the adult space camp what um do they allow you to come if you have say a chronic medical condition or do you have to be in perfect health there's no no issue uh with that um you have to when you register you fill out a medical form they have a 24-hour nursing staff there uh, that will monitor whatever health condition you have, and they will most likely call you before you go 
to go over all of that. I mean, we've had kids over the years who are recovering from brain tumors. I mean, it, you wouldn't know. We had kids, uh, we had like a paraplegic. We have, we have all sorts of kids that come every year and we get them, we get them through the program and they're very dedicated to that. We had a, a teacher in teacher camp that was a hundred years old and she got wow. a little flight suit and everything. Uh, she took a lot of naps, but then again, I'm only almost 70 and I take a lot of naps. So <laughs> if you went, if you went to the adult space camp after, after Sivas for the, for the kids, is that nursing staff still there? Oh yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. They're there okay. all the time. 24 yeah. seven. Anytime there's a, anytime there's a program, the nurses are there. And how would you apply for the adult, adult space camp? Is that still through the org? No, no, that's not. That's the, we don't manage those adult programs. We'll assist, but we don't manage. You go to spacecamp.com or uh, you can call the 1-800-63-SPACE. Is okay. the phone number, and they can talk you through it. Their website is not accessible. Um, we've had many go arounds about that over the years, and they change it too often. I think, <laughs> but okay. uh, they they can certainly help you on the phone with that. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh huh. William, you are allowed to talk. Hello. Um, it's fascinating what you people do. It's amazing. I've, I've always been interested in in space because I I go back to John Glenn and everybody. In fact, my high school was named after John Glenn, so I was always fascinated by space and the space program. And um, but my question is, if um, I work for a school district in my area, so there are blind kids there, and if I'm going to um, I'm going to uh, let them know about it to see if any of the the blind kids in the school district might be interested. And well, they would just, uh, um, you know, contact you and then you can set it up for them and all that stuff when you have your camp next year, I I would imagine. Right. Well, are you talking 2022 or 2021? 2022. 2022. Uh, yeah. The, the website will have the registration information, uh, for that and when registration opens and how you go about registering and all, all of that, okay. it's, we have our own separate group uh, for the program. And then if you come with kids as a chaperone, then you'll form your own group and right. re- register in that regard. Okay. Um, well, I'd love, I'm not, I've been to the space center. I came with, I went there with my, uh, brother and two nephews so we I was there you know to visit it and it's quite a fascinating place yeah Yeah. in fact they have a ride that I don't know if the kids the blind kids uh, go on it but it it, somehow it shows you what it's like to be weightless or something do you know about that space shot space shot (laughs) I didn't try it my nephews wanted me to go on it, but I was afraid I'm not very good at riding. I didn't. They'd have to clean it up after I was done. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get kids who ride that the first time because they're sort of they sort of have to because all their teammates are doing it and they're crying. Oh, what are they doing? And then yeah. after it's over, they come back down, they walk around, and then they go on it again because it's yeah, not right. as bad as they think it is. 
Yeah, it's just a fear of the unknown. That's the whole exactly. thing. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And all the kids, if you're totally blind and you're at Space Shot, all you do is stand there and hear people scream. Right, right. And they're like, okay, this is supposed to make me feel good about this simulator. Yeah, really. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you hear a oh, whoosh and scream. 55 years ago, this shows you how old I am, that there was an exhibit that was a space exhibit that was traveled the country. And it's, I lived on Long Island then, and it's I was one of the uh, first kids to to look at it. And it was for the blind. It showed you the rockets and how they separated and everything. Oh, cool. The rockets oh, cool. and all the signage was in Braille and, and it talked, you know, you went up to the exhibit and it told you what it was. And I was one of the first students to experience that. I had to write a report on what I thought of it and everything. So nice. What happened to that? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for your time. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Oh, thank you. And darn it, William made me think of something. And clearly, I'm getting old, guys. I forgot. <laughs> Not that. No. Um, it's okay. We have another question. Cassie, you are allowed to talk. Hi. So I have a question. I myself, I'm legally blind, um, but I have three completely sighted kids. I have an almost 18, almost 14, and almost seven year old. And although they wouldn't qualify to come to blind camp, I was wondering if you guys may have an opportunity for people to donate um, to maybe help kids come to space camp. Like if we were to do a fundraiser to maybe sponsor a kid down in that area or somewhere that just might need a little assistance to get to space camp. Yeah, well, first of all, if you're interested in attending camp, there's a, a program called the Family Camp that you can come to where the parents can go through with the kids all together. So that might be an option for you when you look at a vacation. If you're interested in a fundraiser, all of our money for all of our uh, donations go through the uh, U.S. Space and Rocket Center Education Foundation. So if you end up with that money and you want it to be a uh, uh, an official donation, to a 501c3, you need to go through the foundation. And then if you just want to donate, I'll, you can send me a check and I'll make sure a kid who needs it gets it. Awesome. Um, yeah, I um, I actually have my oldest two have always been in, in interested in like NASA and stuff. But my youngest, I have a friend that's actually a um, solar astrophysicist that has actually worked for NASA in the past, Dr. Aaron Coiner. I don't know if you guys have heard of him, but um, he has my little all excited about math and space. And I'm like, okay, there could be worse things. <laughs> so <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> thank you guys. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. So I'm actually glad, Cassie, thanks for that question because that was one that um, I know I got asked about someone that couldn't be here today. Um, she, about parent camp, so it's family's camp now, right? It's called um, family camp, yes. Okay, so she wanted to take her son, who's fully sighted, he's 10, and she's not, and wanted to know how that would work. Um, I think just the normal situation that she would just have to let them know in advance that she's coming so they can pull the appropriate materials for the appropriate program for her and make sure she has a right mission that's got Braille uh, support. Got it. Thanks, Dan. If you don't mind, I'm going to tell my little story. <laughs> so um, 
God, what was I, a sophomore? I was a sophomore in high school, and my counselor at the Texas Commission for the Blind sent us an email about Space Camp, and I had been in middle school, I think I was in seventh grade, and we had a contest at our middle school to go to Space Camp, and I was so nervous. I came in second, so I didn't go, but I was so nervous about, well, how do I do things like everybody else? Oh, I don't even know if I want to go, but if you, if anybody knows me, you know that that doesn't stop me, but there's always those nerves. So then sophomore year comes around, I get this email, of course, and my dad's just as big a nerd as I am. And he's like, you're going. And I'm like, I'm going. And then we met Jim and got on a flight in Dallas and went to Huntsville and met Dan and met Trina and everybody. And, and then experienced camp, though, experienced camp sophomore year, experienced camp junior year. And you, you just get inspired. Then my best friend who was from, is from West Virginia, Brandon, and I went back, I don't know how many years later, but for the 25th anniversary. So that was, I guess, 15, I guess, 15 years later. And we as adults now got to watch the kids that were in our place and we got inspired by them. And we lived this life, you know, this life with them. And we got to watch just these amazing kids that just, you can't help but be inspired. And I don't know, I'm hoping one of you can kind of tell this story better than I can, because I don't tell it well, but I don't know if it was Trina or if it was Danielle that posted a picture of a young man who had tried the pamper pole like every single year. Can one of y'all tell that story better than I can? Go for it, Dan. This young man's name, well, I can't even say he's a young man. James was a, um, a teenager when he first came to camp from Ireland. And James had cerebral palsy and didn't have much strength in his legs. And to climb a telephone pole that's 32 feet tall without strength in your legs takes a lot of gumption. And James uh, wasn't used to being pushed in his life. Um, James just liked to float along the current and get by. And when he was down there, uh, everybody was cheering him on. And he was getting sort of angry at people for cheering for him because he really didn't want to do it. But uh, each year he came back uh, with a goal in mind of getting higher on the pole. And the last year he was there, I think he was 35 or something. I don't know how old he was. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> he kept coming and coming and coming. And uh, so we, I told him before we allowed him to come outside of the normal age bracket that uh, he would have to set his goal extremely high and he was going to have to touch the top of the pole. And uh, he got there. It took, um, you can imagine him climbing the pole and then one of the space camp counselors climbing the pole behind him with his shoulder on his butt and pushing him up further and further and all the kids on the harness pulling and pulling. But James touched the top of the tower and that was his, uh, that was his goal. And then he, he also had a tendency to be somewhat uh, verbally expressive. He's probably the best way to <laughs> And uh, <laughs> he, he was very proud of himself, and I think we did more for his self-confidence at that program than anything in his schooling did uh, in all the years combined. Yeah, and every year that picture, that video gets posted. Every, I'm crying right now. Every year, <laughs> you can't help it. 
because it's just it's the epitome of what this is it just it just yeah the administrators from space camp come down and watch and they get really emotional about it because they they can't uh they have a hard time i don't know if we got a few minutes i'll try this video yeah this is the pamper pole um i don't know if it'll play or not this is a 32 foot pole this kid, very highly functional, uh, wanted to break the record for a totally blind kid going up on the pole. 15, 16 seconds. 18. Don't say that. So there he's all the way on the top, except for standing on the top of it. And then he gets to the point of being right on top. And the knee bend there is extreme. He's got to get both feet underneath of him and then stand up. And then the pole is swaying at the same time. And then he jumps. You have to jump off. Take the leap of faith. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, got, the- I got one foot on the top and the second one, getting that second foot up is oddly the hardest thing in the world yeah and and we were the first team it took us a couple of three years before they let us do it because of safety concerns and uh, and it's like no we can let us let us and so we did it they finally let us and uh because some of our chaperones went down there under the blindfold and showed them how it was supposed to be done and then uh our first our first team that ever tried it we got all our kids up and we were the first team in you know the three years they had run it that made it to the had got all their kids up on the pole even after all those you know kids during the summer that aren't visually impaired they never got anybody all of their teammates up there but we did we were quite pleased with that i'm still pleased with that i didn't know that i'm pleased with that (laughs) (laughs) we'll show you (laughs) yes and and i asked the counselors about that and i said do you do you use that and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the next year they say, oh, yeah, well, you know, we had a group of blind kids in here. They all got up there. What's your excuse? The other thing that we provide are models of these simulators oh, yeah. and these activities that the kids do. So if you're sitting and listening to this and going, pamper pole, swaying in the wind, <laughs> and can't try it, quite put it together, multi axis trainer, space shot, we have tactile three-dimensional objects that you can feel and kind of have an idea what you're getting yourself into no and i'm glad you mentioned that because i forgot all about the the simulators can anybody do a two-minute simulator spiel (laughs) oh sure so uh the simulators we have the uh uh the mat which is uh spins you around in in on three axes never in any one direction for any amount of time there's the 5DF chair, which is the five degrees of freedom. Um, so you can experience that on a, on a plane. Uh, we've got uh, jet simulators. The 5DF chair, also, uh, if you can picture a chair built on top of three air hockey hooks on an air hockey table. And so it just floats everywhere. So when the kids actually have to build part of the, the station while they're floating in their chair, and so you find them trying to hook their chair around or keeping one hand on something so they don't float away or they're holding onto their tether, trying to work with one hand. 
and that chair just moves everywhere. It uh, it builds some character. There's um, the Canada arm that some of them get to ride in. There's the uh, we can do some zero G on station repair where you hang in a harness and float sideways. Uh, there there's the one six, in? one six gravity one, chair. The one six G chair, so you can practice. And they actually have a moon surface that you can practice bouncing along uh, like you would on the chair on the moon because you don't weigh that much. And we also get to build rockets and uh, some of the advanced kids uh, get to go scuba diving. That's great fun. I still have all my rockets and you launch them and it's, then you have to go find them. It's so cool. Yes. But you, but I, I have all, I have all of them. And, and as, as staff, we have rocket fairies who, who go in at night and, and make sure all the rockets are at the same level so that when the kids come in the next day to finish their rockets, um, remarkably, the rockets are finished so they can launch them. Oh, I love rocket fairies. That's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> One of those hidden things you didn't know that we did in the background. Behind the curtain. Right. Yeah. Well, guys, we are coming up on time. Are there any, any last words? Come to space camp. It's worth the effort. I, I think of all the years that I've been there, the coolest thing that was ever said to me was a, a kid came up to me one day at lunch <laughs> before he got up on top of the steps to go to the dining room. And he sort of said, you the guy in charge? And I said, yeah. He says, well, thank you for creating Planet Blind. Oh. I, said, I said, what? And he said, well, he says, that's the way I sort of look at this place. He says, this is like a separate planet where everybody's blind. No one makes fun of him because I wear dark glasses or use a cane or run into things. Everybody's on the everybody's on the same planet here. And it's really a neat thing, to, a nice place to be. And I, and I thought at that point, that's probably the best compliment I've ever got. Uh, on, and on the flip side of that is... Uh, ask a little kid one time it's like how'd your mission go he says i died six times it was awesome (laughs) (laughs) it's so true (laughs) all right guys well we have a couple minutes left um i do want to couple things so civis s-c-i-v-i-s dot o-r-g dan what's space camps again spacecamp.com dot com okay so spacecamp.com for just Space Camp, um, there are Facebook pages, right? Yep. Yeah, there's a, a Facebook page, uh, Space Camp for Interested Visually Impaired Students. If you're interested in getting on that, please, please, please answer the questions. Uh, we have kids on that web, on that Facebook page. And if you don't answer questions, I don't let you on because there's too many pervs out in the world. Oh, absolutely. Keep them safe. And then is there any other contact information or anything else, Dan, that you think anybody needs? Um, on the website at sibiz.org, you'll see my email and my phone number. And I don't mind being called. If a parent's got questions, that's perfectly okay. Call me. I don't mind. But if you call and I can't get to it and don't leave a message, I will assume you as a spammer and I won't be calling you back. <laughs> so uh, leave me a quick message and say, hey, I need to know about space camp and call me back. And I'll, I'll be glad to do that and talk with you. And, answer as many questions as you need. And also we try to hook you up with other kids from that state or like Jim does, he coordinates all the kids in Texas 
to get into Dallas and then on one flight to Huntsville. So there's other ways to come. You know, there might be another family near you that you could hitch a ride with or something. So we try to do the best we can there. Oh, that's perfect. Well, I really appreciate Dan, Jim, and Trina being here, telling everybody all about the magic. Um, if you guys have any questions, you can also find me. So I'm Melanie Sanoe. You find me all over NextGen's Facebook page to a fault. So feel free. Um, let me give the closing CEU code. And then NextGen has two door prizes to give. So the closing CEU code is 81115. Again, that's 81115. And then um, NextGen is giving away two $10 door prizes, and we will send those out after convention. But our two winners are Miss Annie Davis and Triple G, Mr. Greg Wansnyder. So we will get in touch with you guys. And um, I cannot thank again, Dan, Jim, and Trina enough for being here. Sciviz.org and happy moon day. Happy moon day. Happy moon day. Bye.